Welcome back to Enthusiastic Witter. I'm Cody, and Christopher forgot to record an intro with me, so I'm all by myself. But this week we talk about a neat adventure that I had, getting to do some engagement photos for a, a couple of good friends of mine. Uh, I was given about two days notice, and I had to come up with a disguise so that the bride-to-be would not recognize me uh, before we took the photos. So uh, it's a pretty fun episode. Uh, you also may have noticed that the intro music sounds amazing this week, and that is all thanks to my friend Isaac Hansen. Uh, I had mentioned to him that uh, I wasn't happy with the way my uh, my recording had turned out, and uh, so he took the audio and uh, cleaned it up. Clean, I think he cleaned up the guitar and redid the bass line, and it sounds amazing right now. So thanks to Isaac, and let's get into the episode. So what you been working on this week? I got a really exciting opportunity at work to use my video editing skills. Ooh. So I work for a, uh, I work for like a development agency, and well, technically I contract with them, uh, and so my development agency was partnering with a design agency. So we work in like the software web development kind of field, and uh, so they partnered with a web design agency and. Uh, this it's kind of a collaboration that's happening. They're going to be the my company. Well, the company I contract for will be the uh, dev agency partner. It'll kind of a long term relationship for their brand, and uh, and that's really exciting in and of, in and of itself. But uh, what's pretty cool is um, my boss was like kind of on a spur of the moment thing. Was interested in me because uh, he knows I do some video editing on the side. Um, just my own hobby and uh he wanted to put together a little video to send to uh the agency before uh, a meeting uh with just kind of a compilation uh video clips of all the different team members they'd be working with and uh kind of introduce them get to know them and um i got the opportunity to uh add some cool little fancy animations in there and some nice music, some nice transitions, and it was really exciting because I've that's kind of technically my first uh, first paid work uh, doing video editing, which is very exciting. And what's cool is obviously everybody liked it because not only did they say they liked it, but someone asked me the very next day to do another video for another uh, design agency partnership. So. That is very exciting, and I am now a professional video editor. <laughs> nice. Now you know everything you need to know. Um, yeah, I I always think, too, like, obviously, if anybody's listened to this podcast, they know both of us are into photography and video editing and stuff. We only talk about it, like, every yeah, episode. Also, you'll never guess what I did today. I went flying in my paramotor. I never, never would have guessed. guessed. Anyway, with video, I always try to somehow bring it up that I'm into video editing stuff or I always at least am thinking about hmm. it because what if that opportunity presents itself? You know, you any place where you work, they always have these super cheesy videos about welcome to the company and then they have stuff about safety videos and updates and this and that and all this all this stuff. And yeah. the videos are always super cheesy and poorly done. It's like, you know, if you'd have just taken five more minutes, that video could have been so much better. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Like, 
a lot of like like I've seen a great example of them. One of them was uh, they had a PowerPoint presentation that they were displaying on the wall behind the guy that was talking, and there was tons of room reverb, and you couldn't mm-hmm. really read the words on the wall very well. And <laughs> if they had just put up some blankets around the guy off camera so that there wasn't so much reverb and then they just if they'd have just added the text in post it really wouldn't have taken that long uh, it would have been mm-hmm. worlds better so i always think about like what happens if if the company is doing a video like that but they don't know that i do video if, if they knew yeah. they might ask me <laughs> to to make it nobody has so far but uh yeah that's something i always think about yeah it usually comes up via way of me being interested in photography because i don't know i guess just talking about hobbies and what do you do and photography is kind of the first thing i'll usually say and then i will offhand sometimes mention that i also do kind of mess around with videography filmmaking video editing animation all that and kind now of stuff. podcasting that, that that's right. I can. You never know. Maybe they'll want me to record a podcast. There you go. A web dev <laughs> help them record a, a podcast. web dev podcast. There you go. Yep. So yeah, and um, so that's just uh, that was a pretty cool opportunity, and uh, yeah. So what you been working Nito, on? Nito. Well, I have been working on some projects around the house, uh, my basement is uh quite damp there's uh water running in all Mm -hmm. the time because of the way the water table is currently the pumps are constantly working to take the water out things down there are getting moldy and rusty and rotten so i uh today was knocking out some of the two by fours that were put up somebody put up a wall and actually they had the, the floor redone when i bought the house and so they put up a wall, and it was dry at that point. When I bought the house, it was dry, and it was dry for like a month or two afterward, and then the rain came. Um, but uh, they had like actually put up a, <laughs> a walls along the stairs, uh, short little walls. I don't know what the purpose of them was, but they had like actually put drywall over it and, and finished it pretty nicely and painted it. And then, of course, it got damp down there, and the drywall got moldy, and I had to tear all that out. And then today I was finally knocking out the 2x4s that were there to use to make the wall. It wasn't load-bearing or anything like that, so I figured might as well save the 2x4s before they're completely rotten. But the bottom couple of inches have been wet for two years now, so they uh, were not in great shape. But I'm building a little shed behind my garage, and I'm going to need some 6-foot 2x4s at some point. So I figured it'll be perfect for that. So at some point I gotta go knock out all the nails from the uh, boards. Um, so that your basement project sounds like an arduous oh, task. Oh, it is. It certainly is. Um, on a more fun note, so I should probably explain this quickly. Um, and at some point we should probably do an actually like full blacksmithing episode about what I've learned mm-hmm. in blacksmithing because that's a hobby I picked up recently. Mm-hmm. This year, something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but um, on the topic of metal, um, I would consider myself, uh, this is a term that I made up, but I would consider myself a blade snob. Um, when I was a kid, my dad taught me the difference between like actual high carbon steel blades for like knives 
compared to stainless steel that gets used in uh, knives. Yes. And everybody mm-hmm. nowadays has just accepted stainless steel as the way knives are made, and that's that's just the way that they're made. Everything is stainless steel nowadays. But you cannot mm-hmm. get stainless steel as sharp and maintain an edge on it like you can with high-carbon steel, which unfortunately high-carbon steel rusts, but you just got to take a little more, more care of your knives, and then you will have sharp and much more durable knives. I don't know if most people even sharpen their knives anymore. If they do, they buy one of those little things with a little V cutter in it and you just run it over the blade. But I grew up, Mm -hmm. my dad always had a pocket knife on him. And then, so then I always had a pocket knife on me as well. And he had old, he somehow managed to get a hold of older knives. I guess he's just had them like growing up and stuff. And they always had regular steel blades and his blades were always super sharp, like razor sharp. Like I remember as a kid, he would shave little patches of his arm after he got done shaving his or sharpening his knife just to make sure that it was razor sharp. And so <laughs> I would always try to get my knife as sharp as his, but I would usually get my knives for birthday or whatever, or with birthday money. And I was buying the newer knives and they were stainless steel and I could never get them as sharp as my dad's and they would never stay as sharp. So that was a frustration of mine through for many, many years. I've tried all kinds of different knives, stainless steel blades. They never hold an edge. And, um, so for the last several years, mostly since I bought my own house, I've been on, on the look or on the lookout for, um, older like kitchen knives that actually have regular steel blades so that they hold their edge because mm-hmm. that's one of the most frustrating things when you're trying to cut up a chicken and it won't even slice through chicken meat. <laughs> it's uh, quite irritating. So um, I actually started getting into blacksmithing this year and I've learned more about uh, high carbon steel and stuff like that. And uh, my dad has been keeping an eye out and at thrift stores and stuff like that. When he finds old knives, he'll pick them up for me. So he's gotten me a couple. And I... A couple years ago at an auction bought a box of old like skinning knives and stuff but they were all they had a little light coat of rust on them and they were all misshapen because they had been sharpened improperly for years and they were dull and I just bought them for the metal because I knew someday whenever I got around to it it makes some good blades so this past week I finally got around to annealing the metal so I had to heat it up um, and then let it cool slowly so that it would lose its temper so that it wasn't hard anymore and so that I could actually file mm-hmm. it and shape the knives the way I wanted and get the, the bevels nice straighten the actual sharp part out so that that was nice because that's one of the worst things when your, your knife's got a little bow in the middle of it <laughs> so you can't you know like you chop down on something <laughs> that doesn't chop all the way through so I got those filed mm-hmm. all nice and then I uh, heated them up in my forge and I quenched them in oil So you heat it up to uh, like 1,500 degrees or something like that um, and quenched in oil, and that will harden the steel. So then the steel is like real hard, but it's brittle. Like you could snap the knife in half with your fingers. It's so brittle. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you got to temper it. And so normally there's a normalizing process in there as well before the whole whole quenching thing. But I hadn't been blacksmithing this, so there shouldn't have been any internal stresses, especially since – they were knives before so they were all good that way as far as that goes so then to temper them uh you heat them up in the oven just kitchen oven works you heat them up to 400 degrees for two hours and then let them cool slowly and then heat it up again 
for two hours like cool slowly so i did two cycles of that and uh, i tested them and it just poked the knife up against a piece of wood and bent it back and forth and uh, they seem to hold up pretty well they spring back to their shape so that's good i bent them way past you know any use that they would see in a kitchen so I know they're going to hold up, and the edge is nice and hard because uh, I ran a file over it, and it skates a file, which just means that the file won't bite in because the metal is so hard. So I've been uh, Mm -hmm. today working a little bit on trying to use a whetstone to kind of finish shaping the knives because I got the edge sharper than I should have when I was using the file, and so when I quenched it, it warped. Just the very edge of it warped real bad. Um, so I just used a whetstone to kind of clean that up a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't like in the the whole blade. It was just the very edge. So that is what I have been working on Mm -hmm. this past week. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. It's nice to finally have some real nice knife blades. My next step will be, uh, after I get them cleaned up and sharpened up the way I want, I'm going to look into maybe nickel plating them because that's something you can do from home and it would help uh, keep them a little more rust resistant. Uh, Of course, the the cutting edge would be bare steel because when you sharpen it, it's going to wear away the nickel. Um, But at least that way, the rest of the blade is protected from rusting. Um, And then after that, I got to make some nice handles for them and I kind of just want to make the handles match because the blades don't match. And so that will be the thing that ties them together and actually makes them look nice. So that's been my uh, experience with knife making so far. Eventually I want to start making like swords and stuff like that just uh, for the fun of it. And for like, uh, you know, I want to make more like uh, combat swords for or stage combat swords, I should say, for like movie production stuff. So they're they're not sharp but they're made to look like they're sharp and they have a real nice ring to them when they smack together so they're they're more yeah. theatrical than your <laughs> actual real sword <laughs> so that's, that's my cool. intention with that yesterday i got to go and do some photos for my friend's uh, marriage proposal so that was a lot of fun And we actually talked yesterday. Yeah. At, on your drive there, we were kind of thinking about, thinking through your plan. You are telling me about it and trying to see if there, you had any plot holes in it or kind of like any suggestions I had. And I got to say, you thought through like every inch of the puzzle. You had a lot of things really well thought out. And there were so many layers to this. So, <laughs> my friend, uh, people will remain unnamed so as to protect the innocent, even though... We should give them... We should have thought of fake names to give yeah, them. Yeah. We'll just say unnamed individuals. Since there's only two other people in this besides you and me talking on the phone. So, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to keep the characters straight. So, we'll just say him and her. I think we'll, we'll manage. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah, they haven't made an official announcement just yet, so... Uh, we're keeping their identities secret not that anybody listens to this podcast anyway (laughs) but yeah so my good friend uh had mentioned to me last year that he was planning he was had been looking at some rings and he was planning on proposing sometime in the near future he didn't know exactly when so we started talking about uh where he was going to do it and and i was going to do the photos and we picked out a location in the wisconsin dells and 
we, you know, I knew exactly where I was going to try to kind of hide and blend in with the crowd because she knows me pretty well too. So it's not like I can just show up and, you know, pretend I don't know them. Uh, she would recognize me right away. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to come up with a disguise and I was going to blend in with the crowd. I knew where I was going to put camera uh, or cameras if we were going to do video because we hadn't decided for sure on that. We ended up not going with video. So we kind of had this location Mm -hmm. figured out. The idea was uh, we have some friends who have a jewelry studio. And so I knew that they would get him a good deal on on the ring. And so we were going to stop there. This is how I had it planned out in my head. And I thought we were kind of on the same page. I figured, you know, I figured this is how the plan was going to work. And so I figured, you know, someday uh, when he finally decided to go ahead with the plan, we would together go to this jewelry studio and figure out what exactly he wanted and then we would head up to the location where he was going to do the proposal and uh scout out everything and and figure out exactly what our plan was going to be ahead of time and then maybe later that week or the next week he would then take her up there and i would be up there all ready to go and everything would go smoothly and then i didn't hear anything more about it for months and months so i figured you know he he's just trying to save up the money for the ring and all that stuff no problem and then all of a sudden and i should actually bring up facebook and read you the messages that he sent me and all, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden on i believe it was a saturday <laughs> he's, he's like uh so uh you mind uh or i don't suppose you would mind going up to uh arcadia would you <laughs> First, he asked if I was available on Tuesday. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I got Tuesday open. What's going on? <laughs> and so, oh, we've had so many messages since then. I won't be able to find it. But pretty much the gist of it is he's like, well, there's a, uh, an event or something that might, might be going on but that's not completely planned yet. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he was wondering, it, it sounded like he was just want, inviting me to some kind of get-together. And I was like, okay, what's the occasion? What's going on? He's like, well, you know, there'll be some hiking and some picture taking, and we might launch some sky lanterns. I'm like, okay. Um, I figured something was up. I was kind of suspicious this whole time. And then finally he told me (laughs) that he was intending to ask a rather important question and he would like the results captured on film is pretty much what he said and i was like okay so i wasn't thinking that that was a direction wait did you know at well that i time? figured it out when he said that that he was going to propose but, okay uh, i knew something was up but that didn't cross my mind really i mean it was kind of in the back of my mind but i didn't think that was what was going on because we had already discussed this other location and made plans remember this was the first couple messages he sent me were on Saturday, and then Sunday he finally <laughs> actually told me what he was actually planning to do. So we had Sunday and Monday to try to come up with a plan. Now, he picked a park for reasons uh, in Arcadia, and neither of us, none of the three of us actually, had been to this park ever before. Um, and so here we were trying to make plans to go take wedding photos or proposal photos at a park that neither of us has been to. We had no idea what the layout looked like. So I spent some time studying Google Maps 
I'm like, okay, well, uh, this is where he wants to do it, so I guess we'll have to make this work. And uh, like I said, she knows me pretty well. Looking on Google Maps, it looks like the whole thing is flat, but everything on Google Maps looks flat. So I just kind of assumed the park is probably on a flat, flat ground. Turns out it mm-hmm. was not, which was kind of nice. It was it was a little bit better than I was expecting for the situation. Um, at least as far as trying to avoid being seen, because my the idea was I would arrive before or around the same time they did in disguise so that she wouldn't recognize me. And mm-hmm. we all know how disguises work in most situations. They're really actually not that good, and the person's actually pretty recognizable. So yeah. uh, me having a job, like I said, in a shipping facility, I have a lot of time to think, about 11 hours at a time. So I started thinking my brain on overdrive and just started trying to think and plan this whole thing out as best I could with two days notice, not knowing the location. And I figured, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to need a really good disguise here because I have no idea if we're going to be able to avoid each other. Cause the idea was I was going to be kind of roaming the park while they walked around and had their romantic chat and whatnot and a picnic. And I would be roaming the Mm -hmm. park looking for a good location for the actual photos when at the time when he decided to spring the question. And he was going to keep an eye out as well. Now, I don't have data on my phone, so we weren't able to do like a location share like he was originally thinking we might do. So we had to communicate via text. And he had to try to read my texts and figure out what was going on without her figuring out what was going on or reading over his shoulder what was going on. (laughs) Um, so that was a whole whole another step to it but beforehand I had to try to come up with a disguise that would work and uh, one of my favorite movies uh, the the Oceans movies Oceans 11, 12, and 13 but the the specific quote I'm remembering was from 13 where um, Matt Damon's character has has to go undercover or in disguise and um, they talk about having mm-hmm. a a prop for prop's sake, uh, not have you know maybe like it, trying to avoid having props just for the the sake of having a prop and not because the prop is important. And so I was thinking through this whole thing, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that every element of my disguise was absolutely essential and did something to throw my the, their perception of me as far away from my actual personality and uh, presence as possible. So. I figured out uh, I was going to just do a lot of little subtle things. You know, I figured maybe she'd recognize one or two things about me. But uh, as as long as, you know, because I would have been way out of context. There's no reason I would have been at that park at the same time they were. So she wouldn't have thought much of it if she saw one or two things. But if she started Mm -hmm. seeing a couple of things that reminded her of me, uh, she might figure it out. So first thing I did was took all the the uh, paramotoring stuff out of my car because I can't keep that in there most of the time because I'm flying pretty much every night. I took that out, took the rack off the back mm-hmm. so she wouldn't recognize it. I don't have any bumper stickers on there, so that was no problem. Um, and then I figured I would, you know, normally I'm a, a T-shirt and shorts with flip-flops kind of guy, so I uh, put a polo on just to dress up my shirt a little bit. Uh, but I still went with shorts and actually enclosed sandals because I just couldn't bring myself to wear pants and shoes for all that time. <laughs> and afterwards, I, when I, when I told him the story, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He was uh, he was on board with that, too. I don't blame you either. Oh, wait a second. I think, oh, no, I think I said his name. I have to, um, 
I have to I have to bleep that out. <gasps> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to bleep it out. We have a we have an instance now where we can actually do that and make people wonder what we said. Yeah, man. Anyway, um, I try to watch myself so I don't give away identities <laughs> in the future. But that's what the bleep was invented for. Anyway, now, now I got to go try to record a bleep because I don't just have one I can throw in here. Do, so you, want, do you want me to record one right one now up. for you? Sure. Beep. Was that satisfactory? Is that going to be long enough? Actually, that Beep. should be long enough. Okay, so I have to remember Beep. to okay, cut your good. cut and paste your bleep. By the way, this is all going in the episode, <laughs> just so you know. No. Okay, so your bleep is at twenty six minutes. <laughs> Oh, you can boy. pick the best one. I gave you three. You did. You did. Anyway, um, I, he said that he understood that uh, I didn't wear pants and shoes because uh, he was in flip-flops and shorts himself. Um, so, like I said, I was wearing a mm-hmm. polo, different than my normal T-shirt. Um, I got a lot of these ideas from a... A video I saw on YouTube of a former CIA chief talking about disguises and things. Oh, and she mentioned how you want to, if you have an interaction with somebody and they're later looking for you, you want their description of you to be as far away from reality as possible. And I had, remember, two days to make up this costume. Uh, I couldn't go to thrift stores and look for odd clothing or things that wouldn't match me, so I had to work with what I had. In the end, I ended up spending a total whopping $2 at the dollar store. Mm -hmm. So I don't wear glasses, so I went and bought myself some some glasses. They were just 1X magnification glasses, and they had plastic lenses, which I discovered uh, (laughs) in the parking lot because I I wore them for a little while, and I was getting a headache, so I ended up having to punch out the the plexiglass. Mm -hmm in the trunk of my car i took a hammer and a nail and i was expecting the glass to just shatter because i put duct tape across you know the the front of it so i figured it would just yeah. shatter and come out and the shards would be stuck to the duct tape no problem but i had to punch like five or six nail holes in each side to try to get the plastic to break up enough that i could pull it out mm-hmm. and you know at a distance anything more than you know like 10 feet you wouldn't have a clue whether there was glass or not so uh-huh. that was no problem but man, let me tell you, somebody wearing glasses that doesn't wear glasses, that'll really throw yeah. you off. And then I never wear uh, baseball caps or really hats of any kind, except for in the winter when mm-hmm. it's super cold, but definitely not baseball caps. So I found myself a camouflage baseball cap, which is not something I would wear if I was wearing baseball caps anyway. Um, and then I, when I was at the dollar store, bought myself uh, one of those pencils that, uh, people use for drawing in their uh-huh. eyebrows and uh the bride to be made fun of me afterwards <laughs> because uh i didn't pay attention to what kind of was getting i just got uh-huh. what was there and she was saying that i should have brought uh bought brown instead of black but i brought uh... a black pencil which i didn't realize that there were different colors and it was a dollar store so there might have only been black available anyway but it didn't quite match my hair color but the desired effect was achieved in the end it ended up being obscured by the glasses and the hat anyway so it didn't mm-hmm. really matter um but it was there as an extra layer of protection in case i wasn't able to find those things that's why it was in the plans to begin with mm-hmm. um and then 
On top of that, I made myself a little fake earring. Actually, I found out later it wasn't so little because uh, she was like, man, that's a that's a pretty big gauge if that was actually going <laughs> through your ear. Uh, and and after he told her that uh, it was me, she wasn't quite convinced because she saw the earring and she's like, are you sure? Really? That's how good um, the disguise was. She, oh, yeah, yeah. I was quite that's pleased. That's amazing. But don't give away all the spoilers. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I used uh, some plumbing solder because it uh, contains silver and it kind of looks a mm-hmm. little bit nice, but it's still flexible uh, and it doesn't have lead in it. So it was easy to form into a ring and then just kind of pinch onto my ear. And I had to find that sweet spot where it would, would stay in place through my all my mm-hmm. walking, but not pinch my ear too hard. And it did get a little sore near the end there, but it was no problem. Um, and then this whole COVID pandemic thing was helpful because I was able to put a mask on and nobody would have thought twice about me wearing a mask, even though it was in a park outdoors and nobody else there had a mask mm-hmm. on. It's still one of those things where it's just like, it wouldn't have been super out of place to see. So that covered up the majority of my face. Yeah. Um, so that was quite helpful. And uh, as soon as I realized I could wear a mask, I was like, oh, I'm not worried about her recognizing mm-hmm. me at all. Now, something else I discovered is that uh, you can recognize somebody very well by the way they walk, by their gait. And that's something I realized when I was working in a prison. Uh, I would sit up in the guard tower and I could look all the way across the yard. And even though I couldn't tell a person's face or skin tones and they all had the same uniforms and similar a lot of them had similar body shapes. Uh, I could always pick out any of the officers by the way they were walking. I knew exactly who they were. Hmm all the way across the yard, a couple hundred, you know, a couple hundred feet, whatever it was. I can't remember for sure, but definitely far enough you couldn't see faces. That's interesting. And I was, I could even tell some of the inmates as well. Yeah, but, like, I, I knew everybody by the way that they walked. I could pick them out, no That's problem. That's pretty cool, actually. Um, so I realized that could be a, a problem. Yeah, and I think most people are good at that subconsciously. They don't even think mm-hmm. about it. So I didn't want her to recognize me at a distance because I didn't know – what options I would have for hiding at this mm-hmm. park because it looked flat and there were some trees, but from Google maps, they looked like they were all like Oak trees. So nothing that went to the ground. So my whole body would be exposed all the mm-hmm. time. And so I uh, took some advice from that video I mentioned, which I'll, I'll uh, talk about at the end. That'll be my recommendation. Um, the lady said that uh, if you want to try to change your gait, you can't just try to remember to walk differently, you have to have a, a physical reminder because you will you will forget. You'll get distracted and you'll forget and you'll start walking normally again. So I put a pebble in my sandal and I had to keep moving it around because I couldn't find a comfortable spot for it. Well, not comfortable. The idea was that it was going to be uncomfortable but not painful. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did finally find a good spot for it. So it gave me a little bit of a limp so that... Get rid of that. And I think that's such amazing, like, I thought, an idea to, like, actually give yourself a reminder to have that limp. Because, like, to me, that seems, mm-hmm. if you didn't have that, you would maybe last five minutes before you've forgotten that you're supposed oh, yeah. to limp, if that. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a learning curve, too, because it wasn't like it was painful that I had to limp on it. It was just a reminder mm-hmm. to limp. And so I had to figure out a natural limp and I was going to use a cane with it. And you had actually brought this up when I was talking to you on the phone that a guy my age with a cane would look a little out of place. I figured if I had gotten a knee injury or something like that, it might look kind of natural, but 
uh, I would probably had like a shiny black cane from Walmart rather than the cane that I was able to procure, which was my grandmother's old cane, which is wood and it looked old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up not going with the cane in the end of it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so yeah, so all of those elements combined, and then I thought if everything went catastrophically wrong and somehow we ended up passing each other, I needed a couple more layers of protection just so that they wouldn't, she wouldn't recognize me. So I figured, and I'm not one of those people that always has my phone out looking at my mm-hmm. phone. And so that's another thing I could use to my advantage. So I figured I'll have, just have my phone out uh, while I'm walking around and I'll be looking at it like a common millennial. <laughs> and then, you know, so that way we wouldn't have any reason to make eye contact if I passed them. And then on top of that, I put some earbuds in so that would discourage any possible, you know, incidental conversation like oh hey how you doing or something Mm -hmm. like that but if things went double catastrophically wrong and for some reason she still decided she wanted to try to say something to me if we were to accidentally run into each other at the park i had come up with a whole accent to do and i picked a southern accent because it's the one that i figured i could do the most consistently and i modeled it after uh, gomer Pyle from the uh, andy griffith show because that way I could completely change my speech pattern and my speech style and, and use expressions he would use. He's a character I know reasonably well. Um, so I could just mimic him. And it would it, that way it would avoid her recognizing the way that I normally talk and expressions I normally use. Uh, and also his voice is pitched up a little bit the way he talks and... I have a little bit deeper voice, so I figured if I pitched that up, it would make it unrecognizable even more. And she did say later that I have a pretty uh, distinctive voice, so that's something she would have probably recognized. I think that was really smart, uh, having the, say, the character to think of in your mind as a way to replicate. Oh, yeah. oh, I absolutely needed it. You know, like, I've tried to do, like, English accents before, British accents just for the fun of it or like Australian or something mm-hmm. like that and I can go a little while but then I it just gets all jumbled up and Americanized and it doesn't sound natural so that's why I had to go with a southern accent uh, that and, and base it off a character who I, I could know pretty well and mimic mm-hmm. pretty well and his style I think is a little bit slower speaking than mine so the speed is different the pitch is different the uh, expressions that he uses are different mm-hmm. so yeah, I had all that thought out, um, and then I had my uh, my earbuds, and I had my camera bag on my back as a backpack, and I had my camera hanging off my front, uh, which I thought would be a little bit of a giveaway, but I also just kind of looked like a tourist. Mm-hmm. So got to the park. Uh, I was there for maybe a half an hour before they were driving around trying to familiarize myself with the park. And then I just uh, got to work taking pictures of all of the bronze statues and stuff in the park until they arrived. And I saw them arrive as I was walking up a hill. And so I uh, just kept walking. And uh, I remember I was talking to you uh-huh. at the time. I had you in my earbuds. And let me tell you that having talking to you on the phone whilst I was walking around was great because it uh, gave me a real thing to be distracted by on yeah. my phone rather than just trying to pretend I was distracted on uh-huh. my phone. So I went to the top of the hill, and I could kind of keep an eye on them and sent uh, some texts to the unnamed male individual. (laughs) There, I don't have to bleep it out this time. Um, Telling him that I had a 
a reasonably good vantage from where I was. And so, you know, uh, either side of, cause there was actually like a little amphitheater there. So either side of the stage and the grass mm-hmm. would work good, but uh, we had plenty of time to kind of keep scouting out the location. So I made a, a big circle around them so that I could kind of keep scouting out the park while keeping an eye on them and where they might be moving to. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I kept my distance, but I thought at one point maybe she had looked over and seen me, but I just kept on walking all nonchalant-like, talking to you in my Did you accent. find out later if she actually did see you? And like, no one, okay. No, she okay. had no clue at all. And uh, and we weren't within hearing distance, so there's no way she would have overheard me anyway. But I was using the accent while I was talking to you, just mm-hmm. in case. So I uh, hadn't really found any good locations other than that one that was kind of mediocre. So I decided to head off to a different part of the park, which meant I was going to lose contact with them, but it was going to give me a chance to explore a little more. So um, I headed off and explored, and I told uh, the male individual which direction mm-hmm. I was headed, and just so he would know where I was so they could kind of try to keep a, a distance from me and avoid me. But also he would know where I was in case I found mm-hmm. a good spot. So I finally found a spot that would work. And this was, by this point, it was getting pretty late in the afternoon. His idea was he was going to propose around 7.30, 7.45. So we figured at some point we would all converge on the same point. I would be hidden in the trees or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't notice me. And then as soon as he, you know, hopefully I could be taking pictures slightly before and then as soon as he got down on his knees I would pop out and start taking pictures and she'd be so distracted by him that she wouldn't notice me at all well I sent a message to him saying to walk around the park counterclockwise until you get to this one street that goes through the park and then follow the the sidewalk it would be a left turn onto the sidewalk and the sun would be at their back and they would walk up the sidewalk and at that point there were some rays of sunlight hitting the grass it was golden hour Uh, They would have had trees as their backdrop. It would have been great. I found a picnic table where I could sit at and look somewhat natural behind some trees where there's no reason they would see me. And if they did, it was from a distance, so they wouldn't recognize me anyway. Perfect plan. Everything was laid out, ready to go. I told him all these directions, and I was sitting there and waiting and waiting. (laughs) And I texted you at one point, like, (laughs) well, I'm losing the light, and they still haven't showed up. I remember what's going on here. And then I started looking around for people that were like walking through the park or riding their bikes. And I was wanting to stop one of them and be like, hey, can you go look for this couple and just tell me where they're at? Because I've lost contact with them and I need to know where they are so I can either try to sneak up on them and just be like, well, let's do it here while we have light or try to at least know when they were coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody came close enough to me. And then all of a sudden I looked to my right and there were some people coming. I was like, oh, great. I'll ask these people. And then, I, oh, wait a second. That's them. <laughs> they they came around the park clockwise instead of counterclockwise, like I said. And uh, he said later that he saw me <laughs> right away. And it, he's like this. He, he was trying to distract her from me so that she wouldn't see me because I jumped up and just darted through these trees. <laughs> It's like, hey, I was trying to distract you from this sketchy looking guy with a backpack who just jumped and ran away. She had no idea That's that so I was funny. there. But the trees in this park, they had some pine trees there, but they didn't go all the way to the ground as far as the mm-hmm. branches. So there was 
there was no way to hide amongst them. They trimmed them up so that they could mow underneath of them and then so that creeps couldn't hide in the bushes and presumably also so that people couldn't do <laughs> effective photography of <laughs> marriage proposals. Anyway, uh-huh. so I darted behind these trees and I was trying to keep an eye on them and it, there was no way I could just stand in there and try to take pictures of them because it would just be my legs sticking out the bottom and it would look super weird and I would stand out uh-huh. like a sore thumb. So I ran one direction and I was like, okay, so he stopped on the grass and was hugging her and looking at her and she was, she was looking at him mm-hmm. distracted. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go this direction and come up from behind her so that when he gets down on his knees, then I can kind of spring out to the side and get mm-hmm. these photos. And then I looked up, and they had spun around the other direction, so I turned around real quick and started running back the other way behind this one row of trees, hoping that she didn't notice I was just some weirdo running back and forth (laughs) behind the trees. And then finally, I was watching. I was trying to come up through the the trees where it was a little bit Mm -hmm. thicker, and I figured, okay, I'll just come up at an angle like this, and we'll just have to make it work. And then through the trees, to my horror, I saw him down on one knee. And so I threw my camera up, and I couldn't get a good angle, so I ran up. It was a little, little, just a little hill that these trees were on. And I got to the top, and I tried to squat down and shoot below the branches. And as I squatted down, uh, I must not have accounted for the weight of my backpack properly, and it threw me off, and I fell over backwards, <laughs> sat down right there under these trees. And so then I sprang up as quick as I could. It would have been quite comedic <laughs> if what I was doing had been caught on film. Um, sprang up, and I managed to get a shot of them through the branches of him on his knees. Um, it actually looks pretty decent. I was quite surprised. And let me tell you that autofocus pulled through for me because I was afraid because usually when you're trying to shoot through branches, it's like searching between branches and Uh the subject and it can't figure out what to focus on. Oh, I was so thankful that it focused on them. Of course I was using autofocus. You know, I've got a pretty decent camera, but you know, I don't like to use auto settings, but the autofocus is really good because it's so much quicker than you can Mm -hmm. do it by hand. And it's usually very, very mm-hmm. accurate. So, yeah, I got one shot of him down on his knee. And then he got up and proceeded to hug her. And, you know, they went through all their romantic hugs and all that stuff. And then I was just there taking pictures from the side, just snapping on one after another. And then that, So that part went pretty smoothly as, day, as far as taking those pictures mm-hmm. goes. And, and then I think she... I. I could barely hear what they were saying, but I think she said at one point, so I assume Cody's hiding around here somewhere. <laughs> and he was like, yep, he's over there. And then she said as I was walking up that she was like, well, I believe you that that's Cody, but it doesn't look like him. And then she said as I got closer and she saw the fake earring, she's like, are you sure that's Cody? <laughs> because she knew I didn't have an earring and it looked too large to have just been something I just got. And when I got up, <laughs> we uh, were finally able to exchange stories of how crazy the whole day had been because we were trying to find each other and I was trying to send my texts as short as possible but it ended up being a long string of them because I had to explain to him how to find a location in a park that neither of us had been to before uh-huh. and neither of us knew any landmarks so I couldn't just be like go to the front of the park and then go here and then here I had to explain to him how to find the mm-hmm. location so Turns out she had not a clue that I was there the entire time, and I ended up getting some really nice photos. So it was uh, quite <laughs> quite an adventure, but uh, I had a lot of fun trying to come up with the costume and all that stuff. The earring pulling through at the end, though. <laughs> yep. 
Like I said, I didn't have anything that was a prop for prop's sake. Everything served a purpose, and that earring, even though it was completely unnecessary, I mean, like, I had so many layers of protection built into this this disguise, mm-hmm. and none of them were necessary. I could have shown up in my regular clothes <laughs> and probably been yelling at them, and she wouldn't have noticed me, but... Um, Yep, it was there in case I needed it, and it, it did work. It it played, so that was uh, quite a fun photography adventure. That's a amazing and story. And then we, uh, yeah, and then we went to set off the Sky Lanterns, and he had checked ahead of time to make sure that they were legal, and they mm-hmm. were legal. Um, amazingly, I, I still don't understand how those things are legal because I just think there's going to be a huge forest fire every time I see mm-hmm. one of them. Oh, but they set one off, and then I set my drone up, and I was taking some photos of the lantern uh, in, I guess, the foreground in relation to the drone and them in the background, and and it was pretty dark by that point because, you know, sunset was like, what, 8.20, 8.30, something Mm -hmm. like that, and uh, they didn't actually get there until like 8, and so the photos turned out it was pretty diffused light because the sun was like just setting, and uh, it was behind Mm -hmm. some clouds, so there was still a decent amount of light, but uh, it was pretty diffused. Actually, it was a lot less light than I wanted because I remember at one point I was talking to you about my camera settings. I was like, well, I can do ISO 800, and my shutter speed was like a 1,000 or something like that, and my aperture was like Mm 4. And uh, you are like, oh, you know, I would go with a lower ISO and and just lower your shutter speed because you still got plenty Mm -hmm. of room to play with. Well, by the time everything was all said and done, I think I was up to uh, 1,200 ISO or 1,250 ISO because of how dark it had gotten from the 640 that I Uh wanted to use. Oy, oy, oy. I was worried about about noise in the photo, the graininess, but um, it uh, ended up looking pretty decent in the end. Um, I think my shutter speed was, oh, maybe two, three hundred or something like that. So, yeah, I was, I was kind of worried. I was using a telephoto lens so that I could be farther away. Also, you get that real nice mm-hmm. compression in the photo when you use a telephoto lens. So I was pretty happy with how well, how well they turned nice. out. Um, back, back to the Sky Lanterns, though. Like, I would say within two minutes of the Sky Lanterns leaving mm-hmm. their hands, we heard f- the sirens of fire trucks. And we're like, oh, somebody really? in the park called the fire department on us or something like that. Oh, yeah. It, and they were loud too. And for a while, you it couldn't tell which direction they were headed. And of course, you know, we had actually done our research and we knew that they uh-huh. were legal, so it wasn't a big deal and nothing was in danger. Nothing else was on fire. It was just the lantern climbing into the sky. Um, it, the fire truck never showed up, it was heading another direction. But uh, it was just kind of funny the coincidence that they should turn on their sirens right as soon as we Man, left. that's funny. Uh, they wouldn't have shown up lights and sirens to a sky lantern, but uh, it was <laughs> just a little bit worrying. And then we went to another park and launched the other two where there was no people around. So, yeah, it was a pretty interesting photography So how session. did so the, the, the photos of the sky lantern, those all turned out well? Well, from the drone, no. It, it was getting so dark by that point. The photos are pretty mm, grainy, uh-huh. so... I mean, they're they're fun for the memories of it, but not something yeah. that I would post yeah. online as being like, this is my <laughs> <laughs> And then by the time we got to the the county park, 
it was real dark. And I think I was at like 4,000 for the ISO. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, the, those photos were just for the memories, not for, <laughs> not to be posted online. So yeah, had a pretty great evening. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. And uh, we had fun exchanging stories of uh, everything that happened. He said that he had been scurrying around trying to find a, because they, they used, I think it was called Alexandrite, which I guess is more rare than diamonds, but it's not as commonly used. Mm. Um, so I think it was less expensive than diamond, actually. There was not as much demand mm-hmm. for it. Um, but Alexandrite apparently uh, has different colors and different uh, light settings. And so, you know, like outdoors, it's supposed to be one color, and indoors, it kind of changes to a different color. So pretty oh. neat stuff. But anyway, he said he was running around. I think I can't remember how many jewelry stores he said he visited, but there was like five of them or something mm-hmm. like that. And none of them, except one, had the ring that he was looking for, and it just so happened to be in her size. Wow! And everything worked out perfectly. So yeah. Uh, moral of the story is don't plan something like this two days in advance. Oh, wait, you're telling me there was actually planning involved? <laughs> well, for my part, yes. So you were in the <laughs> right, you were in the right plan. city. That, that, that sounds like the extent of the yes. planning <laughs> until the day of. Yeah, yeah, that was about it. <laughs> That's all he gave me anyway. So... Yep, she said yes, and uh, it was a great evening. It sounds like an absolute blast. Yep, wish you could have been there just to film my <laughs> side of it because that would have been. I wish comical. I could have been there as just the kind of the invisible person. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew I was there, and just filled behind the scenes of everything. I want video of you running behind trees, falling over. I want. I would just want video of it all. Yep. 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 And uh, I was thinking, like, okay, if he does want video, because he didn't say whether or not he wanted video as well at the mm-hmm. at the beginning. So I was thinking, okay, if he does want video, I'm gonna have to try to meet up with him somewhere and rig him up for audio. So the only place where he could go and not look suspicious trying to leave her behind is a bathroom uh-huh. somewhere. So we'd it'd be like two of us in this bathroom and I'm like taping wires and microphones to him as people are walking in and out looking at us oh, all strange oh, so I was actually going to wear my uh, t-shirt that I made for our photography mm-hmm. business that doesn't actually exist and so I'd be like hey yeah I'm, a, I'm part of a production company here we're doing some photos so you know <laughs> it wouldn't be so weird to people <laughs> but he it was quite happy to not have any video so that was no problem but it was something else. Would you have had for. audio for her though? Like, how would that would have worked? No. So the plan, because there's no way I could have mic'd her without her being suspicious. <laughs> like, oh, here, I'll put this microphone on before you go on your date. Um, somehow he had managed to communicate to her that she should dress up a little nicer, and she said that she was slightly suspicious that something was going on, but she was intentionally dense, as she put it. She wasn't trying to read into anything, or you know, because she wanted to actually be surprised, mm-hmm. and she was. Um, so she wore some nice clothes and he had some, uh, of course he had time to plan. So <laughs> that his side was no problem, but yeah, I couldn't have mic'd her up in any way. So, uh, the plan was just to have a mic or two on him mm-hmm. and 
he would have the audio recorder in his pocket or whatever. And hopefully he could get at least um, relatively similar audio. We could maybe put it away from his mouth the same distance it would be Mm -hmm. from her mouth. So that way, at least when we crank it up the volume, uh, they would both sound equally. Uh, they would both have equally. Like probably if you put it on his waist or something as opposed to his good. collar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then I had to plan it being in a place where a hug wouldn't uh, either wreck Ooh. the audio or reveal to her that he was wearing a microphone. Mm-hmm. I had also thought of if we use this other location, it you know, I could probably hide a shotgun mic somewhere and actually catch the audio from a little bit of a distance, but that was uh, <laughs> not an option. So thankfully, in the end, we just didn't go with video at all. Um, I was trying to figure out where, you know, like if and and it probably wouldn't have worked because there was nowhere to hide a video camera for this whole mm-hmm. thing because I would have just set that up on a tripod in the location where we were planning. Or stuck, you know, stuck in a tree somewhere. Somehow it would have been set up so she wouldn't have seen it mm-hmm. ahead of time. But, yeah. Thankfully, they didn't care that there was no video, so. Man, so many things you could have done to All prepare, went. but with the limited preparations you had, I think you did an mm-hmm. amazing job. Yeah, and he, he even said the same thing, too. Like, with no planning, the photos turned out really well. So, uh, the video I wanted to recommend because we have been forgetting to recommend videos in our last couple of episodes. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's called Former CIA Chief of Disguise Breaks Down 30 Spy Scenes from Film and TV, and that is by the channel Wired. And uh, it's pretty cool. She goes into breaking down different disguises and stuff like that, as the title implies, um, and talking about, you know, that this is something that they actually use, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a thing that doesn't actually work that they just use in the movies or you know, just different techniques, and she, she just talks about some really interesting stuff. So highly recommend checking that out. And what recommendation do you have for us this week? I'm going to recommend not a specific video, but a channel. Uh, the channel name is Zach King, and that's Zach spelled with a C-H. Um, he is a uh, he's on YouTube. He's a guy that <clears throat> I've watched for... I've watched a bunch of his videos for several years. He used to do Vines back when Vine was a thing and kind of transitioned to putting more stuff on YouTube. And he does um, like a lot of short visual effects videos, uh, kind of like internet magic is kind of his, uh, I guess, trademark. Um, But he also puts out some really cool stuff on uh, various like optical illusions, color illusions and just a all-around pretty cool guy. So that's Zach King on YouTube. Alrighty. Well, this has been Enthusiastic Witter. If you would like to write us, if you have questions or comments or concerns, uh, you can write us at uh, enthusiasticwitter at gmail.com. And that's all we have for today. But tune in next week because I'm sure we're going to have an amazing episode that you'll really want to hear. Beep! 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 Okay, that doesn't sound good. You can pick the best one. I gave you three.